0: Well, good morning, and uh, thank you, David, for that. It probably recorded the whole time anyways from the microphone on the um, camera. Technology, not for the uninformed, apparently. He's informed, but I don't let him on Facebook, so he doesn't know the ins and outs of, of that platform. And so I thought I had this thing whooped. Last week, we um, did live streaming, and the camera was at an angle like that and generally speaking your camera has an ability to change you know and you can push a button at least or it has some ability in it in inside of it to know the orientation well no it's a setting and i found that out about 30 minutes ago and changed the setting and of course it didn't take there's got to be a biblical application there we know our setting should be, we come and profess that we are a child of God, and yet the setting doesn't take sometimes, okay? So there you go. But um, So for those of people that are watching, um, there's at least two, right, David? There's ten, okay. And it's on a Reformation Lutheran Facebook page, but I don't know if it's the one with the daisy on it or the one with me when I first came here as pulpit supply and everybody from Prince of Peace was out there and Ed said my groupies had followed me and they did too. So here we go. A um, couple of cleaning house things here. That microphone on there is really sensitive. Now I know uh, <laughs> nobody, here. just so you know, it'll pick up everything that you say. It did last week. And um, so just a word to the wise, uh, uh, and then uh, what else do we, oh, there's a lady that many of you know. She was a fixture at Grace Lutheran. Her name is Karen Merkel, and Karen passed away yesterday. Yeah, so she um, did pass away. Karen Merkel was a missionary, a lovely, beautiful kind, encouraging to me, beloved by many. Uh, When I first started coming here, things were a little bit rough, and she came and pulled me aside and prayed with me down at another Lutheran church in South Orange County. And she also came to my ordination and robed up and had the red stole. I'm sure many of you have have, uh, crossed paths with her, and and you were blessed by uh, by her and by how she loved Jesus. Well, she's with Jesus right now, and uh, we will miss her, Um, but the assurance is we will see her one day. Please keep her family and her church in your prayers, because this is a loss. Okay, so... um, Without further ado, we will open our hymn is, I Know Who Holds Tomorrow, and let's hit it. I
1: don't know about tomorrow, I just leave. The sun is always shining
3: in peace let us pray to the lord lord have mercy for the peace from above and for our salvation let us pray to the lord lord have mercy for the peace of the whole world Lord, have mercy, help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. Amen.
0: Now we are few out here, but can we give this a try? This is the feast. Yeah, I got a couple heads. Okay, here we go.
3: This is the feast of victory for our God. Alleluia. Worthy is Christ, the Lamb who was slain, whose blood set us free to be people of God. Power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and blessing and glory are his this is the feast of victory for our god alleluia Sing with all the people of god with you
0: let us pray almighty and everlasting God give us an increase of faith hope and love that receiving what you have promised we may love what you have commanded through Jesus Christ your son our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. And now our scripture readings.
4: Good morning. The- first reading is from the book of Deuteronomy chapter 7 verses 6 through 9 and can be found on page 285 in the Pew Bible. Uh, Deuteronomy is the fifth book of the Old Testament and it's written in the form of a farewell address by Moses to the Israelites before they entered the Promised Land of Canaan. Moses was not allowed to enter the Promised Land because of the manner in which he brought water from the rock. And God told Moses, because you did not trust me to demonstrate my holiness in the sight of the Israelites. You will not bring this community into the land i give you so deuteronomy 7 6 through 9 for you are a people holy to the lord your god the lord your god has not chosen you out of all the peoples on the face of the earth to be his people his treasured possession the lord did not set his affection on you and chose you because you were more numerous than other people for you are the fewest of all peoples But it was because the Lord loved you and kept the oath He swore to your ancestors, that He brought you out with a mighty hand and redeemed you from the land of slavery, from the power of the Pharaoh king of Egypt. Know, therefore, the Lord your God is God. He is a faithful God, keeping His covenant of love into a thousand generations for those who love Him and keep His commandments. Our next reading is Psalm 125. Those who trust in the Lord are like Mount Zion, which cannot be shaken, but endures forever. As the mountains surround Jerusalem, so the Lord surrounds His people, both now and forevermore. The scepter of the wicked will not remain over the land allotted to the righteous, for then the righteous might use their hands to do evil. Lord do good to those who are good to those who are upright in heart but those who turn to crooked ways the lord will banish with the evildoers peace be on israel the epistle this morning is taken from the book of romans chapter 8 verses 28 through 39 and can be found on page 1757 in the pew bible paul's writing to romans a letter of comfort and confidence that God's purpose for his people are not an afterthought. Romans 8, 28 through 39. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And though He predestined, He also called. Those He called, He also justified. Those He justified, He also glorified. What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who will not spare His own Son, but gave Him up for us all, how will He not also, along with Him, graciously give us all things? nor anything else in all creation, will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Here ends the reading. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
3: Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Hallelujah.
0: The Gospel reading this morning, St. Matthew chapter 13, verses 44 through 52 glory to you o christ our reading again is matthew 13:44 through 52 and can be found on your pew bible on page 1519 the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field when a man found it he hid it again and then in his joy he went and sold all that he had and then he bought that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. And when he found one of great value, he went away and he sold everything that he had and he bought it. Once again, The kingdom of heaven is like a net that was let down into a lake and it caught all kinds of fish. And when it was full, the fishermen pulled it up onto the shore, and then they sat down and they collected the good fish in baskets, but they threw the bad away. This is how it will be at the end of the age. The angels will come and separate the wicked from the righteous and throw them into the blazing furnace where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Have you understood all these things? Jesus asked. Yes, they replied. And he said to them, Therefore... Every teacher of the law who has become a disciple in the kingdom of heaven is like the owner of a house who brings out of his storeroom new treasures as well as old. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. The message this morning is based on the gospel reading from Matthew 13, the parable of the pearl of great price. And Jesus said, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls who, on finding one pearl of great value, went and sold all that he had and he bought it. Will you pray with me now? Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer, amen. In the name of Jesus, the parable of the pearl of great price and the parable of the hidden treasure are illustrations of a person finding something of such fantastic, breathtaking, stop the bus, here, I want to get off value, that that person is willing to give up everything, everything he has, in order to make this thing of value his very own. Another disclosure. I was made aware that last week I went 25 minutes long in my sermon. And as we all know in the Lutheran handbook, one ought not to do that. So mercifully, I will expand upon only the parable of the pearl of great price this morning. However, the point that I will make, the main point, is the same for the parable of the hidden treasure. The pearl of great value is a revelation that is comprised of many, many layers. So I invite you to hear me now. This story you will see, reveals as much about me and you as it does about God and his kingdom. Now, some read the parable and they see Christ, Jesus the Christ, as the pearl. And they see humanity as the merchant. And in this line of thinking, it is the sinner who finds Christ, humanity sinful, sinner. The sinner finds Christ through much work and skill and devotion or observance of the law. The sinner, as a merchant might find a treasure unsurpassed in value in the pli- on the marketplace. It's possible. And further, please note the sarcasm in my voice if you haven't already. Further, when the sinner finds the treasure, in this case a pearl, he recognizes its intrinsic value and therefore he is willing to give up all that he has in order to possess it. Much of Christendom, that's Christians collectively, the masses if you will, accepts this interpretation of the parable. Once again, Jesus is the pearl and you and me, humanity, are the merchant. And They accept this parable on this kind of a logic mostly because it fits their understanding, our understanding of the gospel and faith and where faith comes from. For some, you see, the gospel of God's forgiving grace in Christ is a treasure that can be found. Only if a person searches diligently, diligently enough with efforts to seek and to find and to claim him as your personal Savior. So moving on with this theory, when the person finds the gospel, there is an assumption, an assumption that he'll have within him an irresistible feeling or a sense that compels him to embrace the treasure wholeheartedly. Finally, he'll be compelled by the obvious innate value of the treasure that the only response shall be to give up everything he has in order to possess it. Can you hear me? Do you think that I'm buying into how the masses are interpreting the parable? Of course not. But indulge me for a few moments so that I may lay out the proper understanding of this parable. Let's consider this first. A sinner's search for Christ, who in the parable is supposed to be, according to some, the pearl of great price. It's just flat wrong to think that we, apart from the Holy Spirit prompting us, have any interest in God's wondrous gift of a Savior whatsoever. Think about what Luther has written about the bondage of the will. In short, Luther says that the bondage of the will, there is no free will. The only one with free will is God. And given the opportunity, we will choose sin every time. So hear me again. I'm not saying that a person without God's Spirit won't have a longing For a little g God in this world of our making, one who will bend to our will and lust, he who will meet our needs and give us some semblance of an inner peace that is otherwise lacking. A person without God's Spirit is looking for some comfort. Something to fill the void in their heart that God left there, that it can only be filled by himself. We know this because people self-medicate with little g gods all the time. And it's not really always medication. There's all kinds of things that we can use, little g gods, to fill the void in our heart that only God can fill. Solomon did this and we know all the different ways he tried, and at the end of it, he writes, Vanity, he cried out, vanity, all is vanity and in comparison to the big G God. The treasure that natural man seeks, apart from God giving us a renewed heart, is a self-serving treasure. It's a treasure that affirms what we already thought of ourselves and what we already thought of God. The Apostle Paul wrote this. He says, The natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are folly to him, and he is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. Paul's statement only affirms not only affirms the for, the first point namely that we aren't interested in the true god without the spirit working within us but it also affirms the second point that we should we stumble across the gospel of god's forgiveness and grace in christ without the power of the holy spirit working within us we would consider the message Not a treasure of unsurpassed value at all. We would consider it foolishness. There are people that are out there and say, oh, they call him Sky God, Sky Daddy. You've run across people that say, oh, you know, you you believe in a book full of fables and stories. It's foolishness. Some people say that, yeah, Sunday's the only day I have to sleep in. Simply put, we wouldn't recognize the gospel as a treasure at all were it not for the Holy Spirit. Now, Christ and Him crucified. Oh, brother, here goes Pastor again. He always says that Christ and Him crucified. And I do say it again. Because through Christ's death and his resurrection, there is given the power of God unto salvation. It is, nonetheless, to those who are perishing, foolishness. And yet it remains God's power to save, for since in the wisdom of God, the world, through its own wisdom did not know God, and and it says God was pleased through the foolishness of the message preached to save those who believe. He gets a kick out of confounding the wise with the simplicity of Christ in him crucified for those who believe. Are you still with me a little bit? Uh, Okay. So let me ask you this. Is Christ then really the treasure in this parable? The treasure that we are supposed to have found and loved? If he is if he's the treasure that we went out and looked for and we went out and find and we went out and claimed, then why haven't we been willing to give up everything for the sake of knowing and loving him? Why? Why haven't we given up everything that we have? Everything! For the sake of knowing and loving him. Oh, yeah, Pastor Ken just went there. I can read my mind if I were sitting out there, you know, boy, that's a pretty big assumption there, Pastor, thinking I haven't given everything up. And you know what about assumption means, right? <laughs> I hear you. I hear me. Let me take a different tack. Let me ask you this What have you given up for Christ? What have you given up? for Christ. Luther wrote a mighty fortress is our God and I'm going to recite for you the second stanza. It says, did we in our own strength confide our striving would be losing were not the man on our side, the man of God's own choosing, dust Thou ask who that may be? Christ Jesus, it is He, Lord Sabbath, His name, from age to age the same, and He must win the battle. Now that's big and that is bold, but it is Christ's boldness that wins the battle, not ours. Yes? Let us think in smaller categories. What small things have you given up for Christ? What small things have you given up for Christ? Our unwillingness to sacrifice everything for Christ as well as our inability to seek out the gospel and to recognize it when we find it, are the very reasons that this parable of the pearl of great value has to be finally understood in a Christological manner, a study of Christ sense. In other words, if Christ and his kingdom are to be at the center of the parable as they are in all of Scripture, We have to change roles with him in our understanding of the merchant and the pearl. Instead of us being the merchant willing to give up everything we have in order to possess this great treasure, in this case, Christ, it is truthfully the other way around. Christ is the merchant. Christ is the one who gives up all that he has to buy and possess a treasure. The treasure that he gave his everything for is a lost and dying world. A wretched sinner like me and you. That was the treasure that he gave everything up for so that he could have it. Now do not surmise that I am meaning to suggest that we shouldn't be willing to give up everything we have for the privilege of knowing and following Christ, because I'm not saying that. However, can you tell me what is the first of God's commandments? What's the first commandment? It's, Thou shalt have no other gods before me. To which, in Luther's small catechism, reminds us this that we should fear and love and trust in God above all things. God has not called us to a Christianity that knows nothing of sacrifice. And that sacrifice includes priorities. It includes relationships. It includes likes and dislikes. And yeah, it includes finances. Does law propel us to give up our false little g gods for the true God? No. That's not really what makes us do it. We know the law, and we break it all the time. It is Christ and His love for us that does that. It is, in fact, that He looks at us, us who are broken and condemned sinners, and He says, I have found my treasure. I have found my pearl. And it's you you that he wants and the great and astounding exchange happens happened on that cross Christ in him crucified he exchanged his righteousness for your sinfulness and that's amazing isn't it God is pleased with the world's foolishness and confusion over that while we were still sinners before a holy and righteous God, while we were still unwilling to give up the simplest of things for the privilege of knowing and following Christ, He, God, has given up His own dear Son for us. And in so doing, he has identified you, you as his pearl of great price. Amazing grace, you know that hymn. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me I was once lost, but now I am found, was blind, but now I see. It was grace that taught my heart to fear, in grace my fears relieved. How precious did that grace appear, the hour I first believed. We proclaim Christ and Him crucified. We had nothing, and we have received everything from Him, Jesus, who loved us first, yet while we were still sinners, and He loved us first. Amen? Boy, you're beautiful pearls. I see you. that's how the Father sees you, clothed in Christ, sealed by the Spirit, marked by the cross. In the name of Jesus, amen. Glory to God alone, amen. Our hymn of the day is Near the Cross.
5: Three, two, two. (laughs)
0: stand if you're able. Let us now confess our faith to the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe believe in in
2: God God the the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. Amen as a family in Jesus Christ let us pray dear Lord and God Almighty we gather this morning to praise your holy name as Heavenly Father Son and Holy Spirit once again thank you Lord for bringing us through another week of uncertainty fear for our nation's future and worry about viruses and other diseases. Thank you for all of the natural beauty that surrounds us in our local environs and serves to take our minds off anarchy, chaos, hate, and insanity in cities throughout the United States. Although what we see in our corrupt news attacks our sense of hope for our future and that of our children, we are blessed by you, almighty God, with the beauty of your creation the friends and family you have placed in our lives, and your holy word in scripture that provides us daily, living truth of your living presence among us and your salvation of our souls. We all sin against you, Holy Father, and your commandments make that clear to those who know you. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for opening our hearts and minds to this truth and for the faith in almighty God's Son, Jesus, who will bring us home to him when he calls us thank you for sharing your peace with our hearts and minds that we cannot understand and that exceeds all human concepts of peace when we are quiet and listening to your word in our lives heavenly father you know our fears and needs because your holy spirit informs you in our savior's name without our need to say anything however We need to speak to you openly as one family and know that you hear our voices. Your word, written for our understanding in scripture, says that you hear every one of us, individually, at all times. Thank you for this gift, in spite of our failure to hear your voice when we need it most. Holy Father, we give you thanks for the technologies you have enabled us to discover, that can be used to see our friends, family, and church members through video streaming and conferencing when we can't physically be together. Though sometimes abused, this technology helps prevent the psychological damage inherent in isolating us from each other. Lord, we pray for our nation and the Judeo-Christian values upon which it was founded. You have protected us for nearly 250 years through some very dark times and we pray you would not abandon us for the sake of your faithful though agnostics atheists and those driven by evil appear to rule our society and government leaders and representatives we have chosen we who are faithful pray for your intervention and protection holy spirit Please help us find our way back to the Father's graces and restore our nation. God Almighty, we pray for the medical professionals who serve to heal our friends and families and all who are afflicted with disease or ailments. We give thanks for the scientists throughout the world who are working so hard to understand this latest virus and develop medicines and vaccines to limit its effects and prevent its recurrence. We pray for the safety of our military members, law enforcement officers, and firefighters. Please continue to shield all of them from harm and keep them honorable in the performance of their dangerous professions while serving others. Please shield our police around the nation from the violence of anarchists and incompetent government leaders so that they may protect peaceful citizens from acts of destruction and hate. We pray for those who may be homeless or face that prospect, those unemployed, destitute, and in despair. Holy Spirit, please make these persons known to us and give us the willingness and resources to render aid in whatever means they need. When we ask what we can do, please open our hearts and minds to your voice and direction in our lives. Thank you, Holy Father, for protecting those who travel and take vacations from the troubles of our daily lives. Please refresh their souls. Holy Father, thank you for our church family and our pastor. We pray for the safety of those who worship here and your protective embrace of all faithful, wherever they are. We also give thanks for healing those among us who are ill or suffering. Dear God Almighty, thank you for hearing and answering our prayers. We know we give little and ask for much. Please forgive our constant selfishness and complaining and open our eyes to your constant blessings in our lives. Thank you especially, Father, for the saving grace of your Son, Jesus. Finally, we now share with you our personal prayers kept deep in our hearts or spoken aloud. into your hands, Lord. We commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen.
0: The peace of the Lord be with you always. And
2: also with you. Let
0: us share the peace. The few that are here from a distance, wave with your elbow. That works. And at home, good time to share the peace. Will you pray with me? Blessed are you, O Lord our God, maker maker of all things. Through your goodness, you have blessed us with these
2: gifts. With them we offer ourselves to your service and dedicate our lives to the care and redemption of all that you have made for the sake of him who gave himself for us, Jesus Christ our Lord,
0: amen. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God.
2: It is right to give him thanks and praise.
0: It is right, indeed right and salutary, that we should, at all times and all places, offer thanks and praise to you, O Lord, Holy Father, through Christ our Lord, who on this day overcame death and the grave, and by his glorious resurrection he opened to us the way of everlasting life, And so with the church on earth and the hosts of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn.
3: Holy, holy, holy Lord, Lord God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory.
0: In the night in which our Lord was betrayed, he took the bread and he gave thanks. Then he broke it, giving it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And again, after supper, Jesus took the cup and he gave thanks. And then he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and drink. This is the new covenant in my blood. Shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in remembrance of me. For as often as we eat of this bread and drink of this cup, we proclaim Christ, his death his resurrection, and his glorious coming again. Let us now together pray the perfect prayer that Jesus gave to us. Our Father. Who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy
2: kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Amen.
0: Now, due to restrictions that we have, um, we will... Uh, offer communion to the few that are here today after the service, and you may be seated right now, and uh, Ken and I will uh, give the Eucharist to each other, and so here we go. There's a saying out there, the new normal. And the fleshly pastor in me, actually the the flesh in me, wants to kick against that and say, this is not going to be normal. But I can't do it by will alone. I'm not anymore the merchant that finds the pearl and Or a man who finds Jesus, he pursued me, he pursued you. He has this whole world in his hand. There isn't anything that surprises him. And this doesn't either. And What I believe through Scripture and what we know about the nature of our loving Father is that this was not planned by him but it wasn't a surprise. And he has always been faithful. Look back in your own lives to how he has been with you, how he has brought you through that valley of the shadow. He'll do it now. He's doing it now. And this will be a memory. I believe that. Because I believe him. I believe Christ and him crucified is all we need to know. And now the benediction. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord look upon you with favor and grant you his perfect peace. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our closing hymn is Farther Along. Blessed be you. One, two, three.